folks, it's the Hitman's last great year. This is a Smack Attic Podcast project. I am your host, Matt Vaughn. We're talking about the final year for Bret Hart and the World Wrestling Federation, which lines up with Survivor Series 1996 to Survivor Series 1997. We're in September, September 15th, 1997. Raw is War is the show we're covering today, and we're rounding the bend here. We only got a few more shows, a couple more pay-per-views, you know, half dozen or half and quarter dozen Raws left. And uh, lots to talk about. Still lots to go on about. And the things I like to go on about uh, are things I like to go on about with uh, my oldest brother, Will Vaughn, is here. Hey, do well. Uh, Matt, I'm so sorry to do this to you so mm-hmm. early in the show. I can't be here. I'm actually on assignment. Uh, on assignment, I, yes. I'm on assignment this week, so actually I can't do the show. Um, but I wish you luck. I'll, I'll, okay, I'll tell you what. I'll hang around for as long as I can. Um, but I am on assignment, so I can't promise it'll be a long time. That's right. This show, very notably, Vince McMahon is listed as on assignment, which is a very funny concept. The idea that he's like, uh, I don't know, wearing a flak jacket somewhere, and he's going to like call in you know, from anyway, some corner of the world. It's, it's bizarre. Well, you were nonplussed, Will, I would say. No, I, I'm just confused, obviously. <laughs> Absolutely. So many yes. things in this uh, Vince So many things in Vince McMahon's ilk. Confuse me. This is it's, it's one of the things. I don't know if you have the reason he's quote unquote on assignment. I bet he's not. In fact, I know he's not on assignment. He's not on. He's definitely not on assignment. But this is will. I mean, what you're hitting on is something interesting here. This is a unique show. It is taped. The show is taped. I think in part because they are they are heading to um, the United Kingdom shortly thereafter. Mm, yes. Uh, yes. And so there's some funkiness with that. And then after that, next week on Raw is Madison Square Garden, a big deal Raw. A big, yeah, they, they hype it on the show. About. They hype it on the show. MSG. Big, big deal show. And, 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 you know, for a Raw with historic consequences. And, I feel like they um, hype Madison Square Garden's Raw more than One Night Only. It's true. I mean, One Night Only you can only buy in the UK, as far as I know, is it is a pay-per-view itself. Oh, that makes yeah. sense. Well, then you why plug it at SummerSlam? Okay, fine. Uh, whatever. Well, because there's fans who can watch SummerSlam. If, if you can watch SummerSlam in the United Kingdom... Uh, has SummerSlam ever been the United Kingdom? Uh, you can watch um, you can watch <laughs> on. One Night Only also on the network, uh, and I assume Matthew that this will be covered on the show. It's next week's show. We'll be talking about it. I, as we speak right now, I'm in the middle of watching it. Uh, not in the oh. middle of watching. I'm going to dedicate all my energy to talking about the Raw we're talking about. So you're making but, it um, two yeah. nights only. I get it. I, exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah, this show, uh, <laughs> One Night Only in the United Kingdom, a bigger deal than this show. Uh, Raw in the Madison Square Garden, a bigger deal than the show. I can't believe it. Taped Raw from Muncie, Indiana is not as exciting for other people. Now, here's the thing, folks. You might be listening to this and going, wait, weren't we just in Muncie? And we were. In April 1997, there was a Raw in Muncie. It was the one where Ken Shamrock made a guy bleed all over the mat. Oh, I no. That. that was <laughs> Muncie. You. Muncie wants blood. Muncie's a hot crowd. Is there a, a hot school crowd? there? There's got to be a school there, Matt. Um, oh gosh, if, what is it? Is it Ball State or something like that? Hold on. It there feels, we go. yeah. Sorry, it just Indiana it feels very, College. it feels very fratty. I believe uh, it is Ball State. There we go. Nailed it. If I got that wrong, I feel like an absolute dummy. But yes, it is. Uh, it's one of these college towns that they're happy to check. Like maybe you know, Muncie looks like an interesting little little piece of the world. Maybe let's check out Muncie sometime. Maybe not top of my list. Do the the Jerry Gergich and yeah. check out Muncie. Muncie Indiana is one of those places where I'm like, oh man, Midwest, that's so far away. And it's like, um, it's like, it is further east than Chicago. So scrolling uh, down the Muncie Wikipedia page, we have all the, uh, you know, typical city, uh, st- you know, pictures of the yeah. town square and there where it is on the map and yada, yada. And we're going down the pictures. Here's like old illustrations, uh, aerial shots. Uh, let's see. Uh, this heading says African-American history. Uh, mm. And then there's a uh, clan gathering in Muncie in 1922. There's a photo of that. Okay. So. Okay. Great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Boy. Great. Yeah. Um, thrilled to have that in the Wikipedia. Page. Oh, actually, you know what? Uh, you know, sorry. I'm just going to say this. I actually read a book about the research of the KKK in Indiana in the 1920s. Fascinating book. I can't remember the name of it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, okay. Really good book that came out this past year. Um, this is one of the things that, where the, the KKK existed. It was shut down a couple times, a couple different places. And the governor of Indiana was very, very pro-KKK. And it took for it took a woman... I don't know if she was murdered or there was crime against her, and it led to a public outcry, and they ended up stomping out the KKK in Indiana at the time. But, um, yeah, anyway, totally oh, wow. random thing to talk about in a wrestling podcast, but yes, I read that book this year, and it was really good. It's on the um, page. If I can remember what it was before the end of the podcast, if you message me, if anybody reaches out to me, I will find you that book because it's, it's, it's worth reading. Um, speaking of uh, fighting and bloodshed, uh, let's talk about what happened on last week's episode of Raw 
on that episode, uh, Bret Hart and Vader fought in a no-holds-barred match that ended without a real conclusion. I guess it was no-holds-barred and not, like, pinfall guaranteed or, like, results to be decided. Um, no, no winner necessary. No winner necessary. It's a no winner necessary match. In this match, it doesn't matter if there's a winner or a loser. Uh, also, last week, Steve Austin hit a stunner on Commissioner Slaughter. He also ran out a couple more times. And there was also a strange cage match announced for Bad Blood between Shawn Michaels and Undertaker. Something about Hell in a Cell, maybe a roof on that bad boy. It was very uh, briefly discussed. Very strange. I don't know I think, this thing I, think, I believe they announced it for the first time over Max Minnie's entrance music. <laughs> or his, 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 his exit music. He, he won, he won a, a, about that night. Yes, he, well, he he's about he's about that night and he's about this show as well. He's about the town, man. Uh, Will on this podcast, we often have bonus matches because no matter what happens on this podcast, we want to talk about Bret Hart in the World Wrestling That's Federation. Right. We don't have one tonight because he's in a tag match on the show. One that made me mad when I was annoyed by him many times, but he's on he's tag get, match on the show. He's, he's, he's fighting for the strap against the mighty, mighty headbangers. I'm rolling oh, my wow. eyes at the headbangers. Will, let me tell you what the good folks in Muncie, Indiana on this tape so, show saw. You're an eye the, roller for the headbangers. Okay, I get it. That's right. Oh, actually, sorry. I want to be clear. I said the show is taped. What I mean by taped is last week on Raw, they had a live Raw September 8th, and the next night, September 9th, they did a show in Muncie. So they did one show one night, one show the next night, and then they took two weeks off before going to UK and to uh, Madison Square Garden. Where were they last week? Oh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah. So not, yeah, not too far away. Well, let me talk to you about the show. Shotgun Saturday night in Muncie, Indiana. Um, this is a curious show because it aired the same night as WWF One Night Only, which we're covering on the podcast last week, next week, like I said. So it's just a unique thing that's happening at the same head time. head-to-head with themselves. It's that's like right. The NXT AEW war all over again. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's also one of the first shows to feature Michael Cole on commentary. Oh, so if you want that, guy, that guy's got the snowball's chance in hell of making it. Absolutely. So, Will, the first match, Owen Hart, who actually ended up wrestling uh, at... A few people on this card also wrestled at uh, One Night Only, so I don't know what they're trying to, exp- try to explain that if they don't bother explaining it. They just hope they don't care about it. <laughs> it must be Owen Hart's twin brother, Bowen. <laughs> Bowen Hart. Um, Owen Hart beat Flash Funk. Um, and, Will, I want you to guess how Owen Hart beat Flash Funk. Uh, roll up. Surprise roll up. No, he hit, let me see here, a sit-out Tombstone pile driver. And I said out loud, I was like, why? Owen, what are you doing? <laughs> Come on, buddy. Like, he, why use you... that again? Are you out of your mind? You just. Break his neck. You just hurt Steve Austin. And uh, and, you're, and you're probably wondering, like, okay, but was, was Flash Funk's head, like, safely off the mat? Not really. No, I wouldn't say it was. I'd say it was, you know, not dissimilar to um, the position Steve Austin's was when he did that. So, anyway, Owen Hart did that, and I uh, felt insane. Flash has kind of a flatter head, though, really, for to, to to compare craniums. And you know what? Steve did a really bad job of making Owen Hart regret doing that because Steve missed uh, how many episodes of Raw? Let me check my notes here. Uh, it says zero. Yes. No. Uh, he immediately I, came up and was kind of like, "I want to keep fighting." I want to every week. <laughs> and it's and he's doing stuff. He's not just in the crowd. He's like <laughs> he's, he's just... punching people. He's in the ring. He's never. It's it's curious. He doesn't take bumps, which is a curious thing that you wouldn't pick up on if you were. But a fan, the but... stunner's a bit of a bump, though. He would say no, years you're later, right. like he, he did pay for it. And same with Hulk, right? Jumping mm. up through the leg drop and just landing right in your butt. You ever land in your butt in real life? Hurts every time. It hurts. I don't know how yep. these guys do it. Um, Steve I can't argue with that. On the stack of dimes, he calls a neck. Stack of dimes. What, what, stack. Okay, is stack of dimes to suggest a neck that's not large. Uh, today I listened to the uh, classy Fred Blassie song Pe- "Pencil Neck Geek." Yes, there uh, we go. So if you ever wanted to hear Fred Blassie's version of a boy named Sue, uh, it would be "Pencil Neck Geek." <laughs> I love it. It's perfect. It's all that we ever needed. Ago. It's my gosh, so uh, old. <laughs> also on Shotgun Saturday Night, Vader beat Sultan with a Vader bomb. The cu- the curious team of Jesse James and Rocky Billy beat Jesus Castillo and Jose Estrada of Los Bariquas after a choice guitar shot. Okay, Rossi, Rody, and Billy. Uh, give them a snowball's chance in hell of I making know. it. Yeah. They seem to be getting along quite well. I'd have to say that. Okay, um, El Pantera beats Super Loco with a sunset flip. A couple of Dang. random luchadors there. Super Loco, of course, is super crazy from ECW. <laughs> El Pantera doing double duty. Double duty, and the Godwins beat Skull and Ball of the DOA after Uncle Cletus Godwin gave the Godwins his lucky horseshoe to hit the bald men with. And he hit him, Uncle Cletus. Happy to happy to see him again. Why are the getting warmed up? Jobbing him? already. The skull and eight ball. Yeah, they don't get. Yeah, DOA is not very protected, and also DOA is also not around. Like Los Pericos are wrestling almost every single show. Um, Los Pericos are around way more than the Nation Domination and more than the DOA. That's my experience. 
Yeah, and also like this show kind of felt the absence of DOA and Los Bariquas. I mean, I don't know. Maybe not felt the absence, but it was like a thing like, you know, perhaps you put on a minis match or something and you're like, what could have gone on instead? And and maybe hmm. maybe a match from Shotgun Saturday Night to kind of keep the Bariquas and keep the DOA on the the television show. Right. Might have been a better choice, but well, whatever. Hey man, we got to have it's all about the well, uh What's it? What is wrestling? Is it is it a circus or something like that? You know, you go, you go to see the monkeys, you go to see the the lions. I think it's a zoo. What's the expression? I think it's a, I think Mr. McMahon once called it a zoo. A is zoo. That? It's definitely more of a circus. Uh, yes. See, okay, the carny thing is what's messing me up. <laughs> a circus. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Thank you for that. <laughs> what a de- what a detail. Um, carny. Let's talk about Raw's War, September fifteenth, nineteen ninety seven. Yes. Four short years before terrorist attacks, September eleventh, two thousand and one. Golly. Why am I bringing that? I don't know. <laughs> Tom Michael shaking his head so annoyed with me. Why? Why? We begin with footage of Steve Austin attacking Commissioner Slaughter, hitting him with a Stone Cold Stunner. And JR asks, who will Stone Cold go after tonight? What are those questions you ask? And you, you, like, you're kind of like, gosh, who's he going to go after tonight? And you're kind of like, they're saying it like, oh, I hope he doesn't do anything. And as the fans are like, yeah, you guys want to see him in a Stunner or somebody else? All right. He's like, we're pretty much, pretty much telling you he's going to do it. JR later it. suggests he could go after you. I, <laughs> that's that's too scary for me. I can't like I can't abide frightening. that. It's like is he, is he should I call the police? He's, he's gonna come they, up, well, hey man, do I need to file a TRO? Is Steve Austin and uh, Steve Austin and uh, police uh, consequences? What what goes better combination? I ask you. Well, yeah, the t- tonight they uh, they start. Is this the first time he's been? No, no, he got arrested at uh, thingy. Uh, they just they just love it. Steve Austin sure. versus the police. Steve Austin, D- DTA and ACAB. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> we get the intro video and a whole schwack of pyro, and we are live to tape in Muncie, Indiana. Jr. says Vince McMahon isn't here. He's say with me now on, on assignment. assignment. Okay. Um, it's funny. He's been pretty much outed as the WWF owner. So saying he's on assignment is still like playing with this fiction that he's like. Some journalist somewhere. Answer. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that 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 was also the curious thing about it was like we know now that he's the owner of the company, so I don't know why. Have to why don't we just go with that? Like that? Yeah, strange. Like that would make sense. Um. So yeah, uh, Lawler questions that also a, bit, a little bit later on. He says he must be ducking Steve Austin. So I like that as a uh, a reason for it. Ducking so start- Steve Austin would be Vince McMahon's uh, autocorrect when he talks about how much he st- hates Steve Austin. Thank you. There it is, folks. We did it. Yeah. We finally, we got Folks, him. Folks, we got him. <laughs> Perfect joke. <laughs> the joke is so good. We're going to have uh, uh, John Cena stand up on the announce table after a pay-per-view and tell everybody that it happened. <laughs> but somehow The Rock will have bizarrely uh, <laughs> tweeted, tweeted, lit of the free home of the brave. I want to see The Rock run that one back. Just post it again. <laughs> Just do it again. I have ho- such high hopes. Yeah, uh, Rock hasn't been in trouble for anything lately. No, of course. Rock is uh, just, a, just a rock solid guy. Uh, folks, we got the quarterfinal, a quarterfinal, the Intercontinental title tournament starting off raw. We have Ken Shamrock going up against Farouk. And uh, Shamrock hits a belly-to-belly slam early on Farouk. He makes it look just so easy. Like Farouk's like a little baby boy. Farouk's build is 275. I think he's got to be more than that. And he just tosses him over his head. No big deal. No big deal whatsoever. Crazy. It's nothing. It's so easy. It's crazy. Very strong individual. Um, uh, King uh, says uh, to Jr. Don't count the guy out before the the ref does, like McMahon always does. <laughs> yeah, the, like, <laughs> one, two, oh, we got no, no. I did appreciate that he was willing to like just totally sell Vince out when he's not around. Yeah, yeah. What a, what a, what seems a to get in trouble for it. Uh, Shamrock goes for Hurricane Rana, but Farouk stops it dead. He hits him with a spinebuster instead, and that leads to some internal bleeding from Shamrock. Uh, and he's in pretty rough shape. But he hits another belly-to-belly suplex, and he pins Farouk one, two, three. It's like belly-to-belly um, belly out of nowhere. And out then of nowhere. And f- the post-ending's even weirder. Well, yeah, because Farouk is completely fine afterwards. <laughs> he just gets up and hits him with a dominator. Yep. Yeah, gets up and does it. Uh, people know something finishes like that always kind of bugs me. It's always annoying, I find. Because it makes them look stupid makes us feel dumb for watching it. Because like a belly-to-belly, um, belly, like, yeah. it's not like some kind of pinning combination where he can't get out. Like He just holds him and pins him. Yeah, and it's just it's it's a, it's an impact surprise. move. Yeah, yeah, like a stunned impact <laughs> move. But then Farouk just gets up and hits him with a dominator. Like Ken was hurt more from the belly Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, what happened with that? I think I think Ken kind of caught him by surprise. He was definitely hurt. 
which is kind of yeah. like the best thing you can say about that. But, eh, eh I say. Uh, the Nation of Domination run down for a beatdown, but mm-hmm. the Legion of Doom come in for a save, and it's going to oh, be yeah. the Legion of Doom and Ken Shamrock going up against the Nation of Domination at Bad Blood. Um, it actually won't be. Uh, we, the match is not definitely going to happen, unfortunately. Uh, not the exact combination. No, uh, not we, that combination? We, not that combination. We will get there later, though. Okay. We'll get there. Jim Ross tells us Austin is here tonight, but he's also suspended. I uh, One of the weirdest suspensions I know is that you are suspended, but you still travel around with the company. That's right. Yeah. yeah um, his down. graphic still features the Intercontinental title, which is currently being decided in a tournament. I find that weird. Well, he, st- he has to hand it over at Bad Blood, so he still has it. I find that weird. Everything about that is weird to me. <laughs> he has <laughs> to hand like, it over yeah. at Bad Blood. Yeah, it's an odd choice. An odd choice here. Um, after the break, we see Steve Austin in the back. He's just hanging out by a forklift. That's right. He used to drive He's... forklifts. Uh, he oh, worked yeah. at a warehouse before, worked I think, college. Yeah. You drive forklifts I could see around. that. You to, now, folks, if you're imagining that, of course, you have to imagine a head of hair on that guy, which is always tef- difficult, especially if you haven't spent your time in world championship wrestling enjoying Not that some difficult. stunning Steve Austin. That's right. If you watch Stunning Steve, Flying Brian, the Hollywood Blondes. And I want to be clear, um, when I talk about that, I want to be very clear that, like, Stunning Steve was great then. Do you know what I mean? Like, like Steve Austin was always good. And I think that there's a, kind of this funny narrative when they, you know, it's like, you know, all the Stone Cold is kind of when he got, became popular. And he was popular then. But he was always good. He was always very yeah. good. Yeah, he was always a good wrestler. Yeah, and he, absolutely. He, he speaks of his WCW days quite fondly. He loved it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad. He loved it uh, until the whole getting fired part. You know what? That always draws people the wrong way. <laughs> always, for some reason, people really dislike that. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I think people need thicker skins. Um, Austin is not worried about Owen Hart, um, even though Owen Hart su- surprisingly has a, sorry, supposedly has a surprise in store. Not surprisingly has a suppose in store. That would be a bit harder to get across there. Surprisingly has a suppository? Um, that would be absolutely very surprising, <laughs> especially if he did anything about it uh, on the show, <laughs> if he revealed it, uh, if it was involved in any way. I would say that would be... Quite surprising. I'm surprised Vince Russo didn't write that into some show at some point. And he's got something in his ass. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a suppository match. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we've come very close to things like that. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a match where the goal was to pluck out an opponent's eyeball. Now, that was during COVID. Recent. I think it's a little. I, we, I think we have to kind of um, uh, allow for some craziness that happened during COVID. <laughs> My favorite was Brian Alvarez on Twitter when that match was happening. He's like, Ray Mysterio just took down. Seth Rollins with a head scissors in a match where you're supposed to take somebody's eye out of their head. Like, he's just like, why is he doing wrestling moves? He should just be trying to pull his eye out of his head. Right. That's the only strategy that makes any real sense. <laughs> just go for the eyes. Can I agree with it? Can I agree with it? Uh, poor Ray. He had a hell of a time. And somehow he's recovered. Well, no, he's got the damn sun, though. Anyway. That's that damn sun. Yeah. Folks, it's time for some light heavyweight action. Uh, I'm, I'm going to do NPR voice the entire time. Oh, boy. So I sat down. And I watched this match. <laughs> In the match. <laughs> El Pantera versus Takamichi Noku coming up here. El Pantera sends Taka to the floor. He fakes Missed opportunity, sorry, that El Pantera did not come out to Pantera. Absolutely. He's about to walk. At this time. Imagine, if out. Imagine if a wrestler came out to walk by Pantera. How sick would that be? That'd be the same thing ever. Oh, my goodness. What um, if Sandman entered to enter Sandman mode? <laughs> what do you think? What are your thoughts? I'm trying to think of something more literal than that. Um... Yeah, Steve Austin coming out and literally shattering glass before he walked out. <laughs> well, he's yeah, he's done uh-huh. it before. Or if, if, if or if Dwayne Johnson's music was just the sound of a stone hitting the ground. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> this is the sound of a rock falling and then a pot bubbling. Because <laughs> he's cooking. He's like, to smell he's cooking. And someone going. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Wrestling. Oh, a little more tarragon. Hmm. <laughs> now, Will, you, you you gently tapping some tarragon in there. It's very hard not to think of, uh, yeah, n- another gentleman who was involved in <laughs> wrestling for some time. Who might have been the greatest to ever do it? I don't know. Macho Man Randy Savage. I'm just throwing He's more there. concerned about cups of coffee, though. And, and creamery. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, there's a flipping senton from Pantera. To Taka yeah. on the floor. Taka returns a flavor, flavor, favor rather, with his mm, insane leaping diving crossbody, where he just leaves the top rope and just sells out, goes huge, huge swan dive. It's crazy. It's a great spot. People just steal it now. It rolls. Yeah. On the other side of the ring, El Pantera hits a suicide dive onto Taka, and back of the ring, Pantera hits Taka with a standing moonsault for two. A Hurricane Ronda gets one. Then a Lamanji Straw Cradle gets a near two as well. Very uh, well Taka, done. 
I think yes. the Lamaji straw, I think, should have been counted three, and the ref didn't count it, and the crowd, like, catches it. They're like, hey. Oh, do you think it was that level of, like, oh, they didn't count Oh, it. I think it was, like, one, two. Two, no, also. Out. Also two. <laughs> one, two, two and a half. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Don't come up. It's very fatherly, you know? Yeah. <laughs> down. One, two, two and a half. Two corners. Taka hits a tornado DDT for two, then a dropkick, and the finishes of the Michinoku driver for the three count. Um, Taka seemed to be dominated for the whole match until the end, which is always kind of an interesting little move that they do sometimes. They're just kind of like, well, this guy's getting destroyed, but... But he's got a sweet finisher, so here you go. Yeah. Yeah. Taka's music, again, rules. It's pretty sweet. And and he's like, how old is he here? 23? He's a young he's gent. He, he's a young man. Old baby face. But he's fun. There's one point in the match where he was like selling something and the whole crowd laughed. They were like, ah. I love that as a detail. He did some goofy Japanese selling. I love it. Um, we go to the Truth Commission in the back. That's right. Remember them? The Commandant looks forward to facing <laughs> some real opponents. I, I These guys seem so cartoonish compared to the rest of the show. It's really quite silly. They look, look, their outfits all, all look super dorky. Kurgan, um, very big man, very nice uh, uh, New Brunswickian individual, Robert Mele. Mele? Yeah, Mele, yeah, sure. Uh, but he's, um, he's, 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 he's odd. He's got a very large neck and very large traps. He's a very strangely uh, proportioned individual. And well, the other guy we... is just like, it's Bull Buchanan, and you're like, okay. And then Sniper just looks like an idiot. I'm sorry. Just, so yeah. It's like little berets. It's not cool. Does he have some form of acromegaly or whatever it is? Ooh, let's ask him. Because that's one of those things that, like, that because that makes you grow in a way that is often, uh, you know, different or or a little bit unique looking. Right, but I doesn't that also, like, um, like lend folks, like, kind of a shorter life? Uh, sure. I mean, it can, often, yeah, it can have all sorts of consequences. Maybe. I mean, he's, he's still kicking, man. Yeah, I, and I, I hope that he's doing absolutely fantastic. I hope he's... Yeah, he he's thriving. working... He's done 300, Sherlock Holmes, Immortals, Pacific Rim, Brick Mansions, Hercules, and Deadpool 2. He's in Deadpool 2? What's he playing in Deadpool 2? Oh, he's probably the Juggernaut or something. Uh, huh, the Juggernaut I, fella. I don't know. I don't know. Totally okay. Totally okay. Um, it's time for the Legion of Doom to go up against Recon and Sniper, who are coming down to the ring with the, the, the Commandant and the Interrogator. Um, yeah, the Interrogator is the only person in this group who wins matches for them. So on some level, I'm like, I don't know. If, maybe we should put him in, guys. That seems yeah. like maybe the right thing to do. Yeah, it makes no sense. Yeah, I would maybe put in, put in the guy who wins matches for you. Um, last week on Shotgun. Um, wait, hold on. Or was it this week on Shotgun? Oh, okay. Uh, Shamrock saved the Legion of Doom against the Nation of Domination, putting him in an alliance with these guys. So that's why he's kind of associated with them. There's a bit of a saving going on, which is also what happens with Shotgun. The show. Anyway, it's getting messy in my mind, trying to keep these things straight. It's all pretty samey. Yes. Um yeah, the Truth Commission give their best shot at cheating, but they blow it, and Recon hits the Doomsday <laughs> device. Um, JR confidently says it's over, and so so clearly is it not over, because obviously, because the interrogator comes in and leg drops Animal, drawing a DQ. So D- was, JR was going to call it Devastation Device. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely big time mis- misspeaking there. It's one of those things where it's like, you, it could have been called that. It's not called that, but it definitely could have been. It's, just, it's a nice uh, you know alt title, I guess, like Devastation Device time. That's right. Yeah, if they were like, if they couldn't, if legally use that in another promotion, I would definitely look into devastation device. So they mess up the elbow dropping a guy to break up a pinfall, and mm-hmm. then they get disqualified for elbow dropping a guy for breaking up a, to break up a pinfall. Yes. Cool. Okay. Yep. Good. Just wanted to yep. make sure we got our notes. We love it. Yeah, you got to give it all job. right there, man. Good. Good job, commandanting, commandant. <laughs> Uh, Animal tries to drop the interrogator after the match ends. Uh, he struggles against him and other members of the Truth Commission. But then here comes Ken Shamrock. He also struggles to get the interrogator down. <laughs> then, then the Nation of Domination run down. They help the Truth Commission beat the, the good guys. Um, JR points it's an unlikely alliance. I would argue it makes no sense at all. I think that the <laughs> Nation of Domination and the Truth Commission should be at each other's throats. The, yes, entire time. the Nation yeah. of Domination should be beating down a stable of white South Africans every time they show up on Raw. It makes zero sense. They would, at, even for a moment, be like, we're cool. <laughs> it's like, no. <sighs> you, guys, you guys should not. You should never stop attacking these people. Never stop attacking. Well, in the context yeah. of Raw, at least. The politics of Raw. Yeah, JR says this is seven on three. That's a, a hell of a... Hell of a mismatch, and so, yeah, it makes it makes no sense. They just love just sending guys out. How many folks are h- hanging around 
gorilla position on a 1997 Monday Night Raw in September, you know? Uh, yeah, exactly. Like Royal Rumble back there. Everyone's just like, yeah, you go out, you go out. Uh. And it's yeah, the time, it. too, where they don't – something that bugs me a little bit about modern wrestling is anytime someone does a run-in, <laughs> hit their music and, like, light package, like, every time. Like, if Rey Mysterio is going to come, like, run out, it's just like, booyaka, booyaka, strip on that. And it's like, ah, here comes Rey. Or is it like we should? They should almost explain it one time where um, we see Gorilla Position and Gorilla Position is like a big a chip, a chip in them. And no, it's like a hallway, and the only the way threshold. to get in there is to go that way. And so there's a guy in Gorilla Position, and you're like, "Ray's going now, go." Please, please, like Ray. He's like B O O Y A K Y A K. Okay, Y Y A K A. Yeah. Anyway, there we go. Why is that? Why is? What does that mean? Well, Sunny comes out. She's here to be the special guest ring announcer for. Some minis action here. I mean, she's got to do something. I think I think Sunny and Sean got into the same stuff this week. It's just a feeling I have. I don't know. She she speaks well and she's not slurring her words, but it feels like they're both kind of like a little off the rocker this week. Huh, interesting. That's an interesting take on it. Well, you think that they that first off that they would spend the amount of time together is interesting, and the fact that you think they would be partaking in illegal substances is also very interesting to me. I mean, look, call me crazy, but hey, if I have to, uh, I will. I think Sunny Sunny introduces these teams. But she introduces their individual weights and not the combined weight, which I think right. is interesting because it is love pointing out the little Max Mini is eighty three pounds. I think. I mean, I think that's the only reason why they would ever, you know, do it that way. But he also could say like, because like the other, so it's 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 uh, the bigger minis against the smaller minis. The yep. Smaller minis are about a total combined weight of one hundred and seventy. The bigger minis are about two eighty, you know, two ninety. So each team is about the size of like a guy, you know. Yes, this tag match could be contested by one guy each. Yeah, very easily. Could be a singles match that way. Uh, it's Piratita Morgan and El Torito going up against Max Mini and Mr. Lucky. Um, Mr. Lucky. Max Mini tries. I had to double check that that's who it was. Mr. Lucky, of course. Uh, Max <laughs> Mini tries looking under Sonny's dress. Uh, and Lawler... <laughs> He's horny. Well, Lawler says he probably goes around trying to look up Barbie's skirt. I did laugh at that. I caught me off guard, and I did laugh at that. I'll be honest. He also says later that Max Mini hopes to one day grow up and be short. <laughs> I like that line too. To be dead yeah, honest with you. I'll be honest with you. Uh, on the apron, Max Mini springboards off the bottom rope so he can leap onto the second rope and springboard off of that and hit a corkscrew body block on El Torito. Um, shortly after that, <laughs> I like this. Sonny gets the cameraman's attention. And she points out a row of shirtless guys on the floor who have written something like Sunny Rocks and Marker on their back, presumably in that moment. <laughs> just like, where's the Sharpie? We'll do it now. We'll get Sunny's attention. Uh, yeah, they did a couple of, like, obviously the show is taped, I think, cuts to the audience. I think there was somebody the sign said, marry me, Sunny, or something like that. Yeah. Very original, of course. That's right. Um, El Torito misses a senton, so Max Mini hits a headbutt off from the top rope. And I was like, oh, headbutt from the top rope is pretty high. Uh, and uh, I think that gets the win, if I'm not mistaken here. You're not. That, that gets the win. Flying headbutt for three. Sonny declares this a mini-match extravaganza, and then Sonny and Lawler <laughs> dance the minis theme music together. In a yeah. Seg- segment we needed. We desperately needed this segment. It was very important to everyone here. I mean, come on. you got to fill up an hour 24 of airtime. Yep. Uh, Dude Love is taking on Brian Pillman with Marlena in the Intercontinental Title Tournament quarterfinal. I know what I'm saying. You're like, uh... Marlena with Brian Pillman? Isn't she with Goldust? <laughs> and, Famously uh, yeah, no. not at this time. Of course, this is, this is during the uh, the uh, month-long period between Ground Zero and Bad Blood where she is with Brian Pillman. Um, sad thing, of course, that he dies at Bad Blood on yeah. the day of Bad Blood, so that sucks. Um, yeah, so this, actually, this match was scheduled last week on Raw, but Brian Pillman wasn't here, and I guess no one cared. He just coldly got away with not being on the show despite that happening. Yeah, he called in from a hotel room in uh, Cincinnati. He wasn't there. He wasn't, wasn't there. there. Uh, when um, Dude Love gets uh, introduced, uh, as Chimmel is saying that Dude Love is from Truth and Consequences, New Mexico, JR says, we all know Mickey Foley was born in Long Island. It's like, short story straight here. Maybe he's, maybe he's <laughs> fighting out of uh, Truth or Consequences, New Mexico. Also, I know the whole thing is like, oh, isn't it crazy is a place called Truth or Consequences, New Mexico? And it's like, well, yeah, it's named after a game show. The game show, the game show, Truth or Consequence, was like if you name your city after us, we'll give you money or something like that. So it's not like some <laughs> cool Western thing; it's like some dumb like fifties or sixties gimmick. <laughs> that rules! I, know. <laughs> I didn't know that. 
That's something, that's something I have since uh, I have since learned. Uh, Dude Love comes out. He has one of those cat in the hat style hats on. Very nineteen ninety seven thing to have on. And I remember those yes. being big. Uh, I don't know what I don't know what happened since then. That seems the kind of thing you would. I could see somebody reappropriating, being in a rock band or something like that. You come out, you were in that. Like, remember this? Remember maybe you don't this. say remember this, but I think that you know. I think maybe just even showing it would be enough for people to go. Oh, I do remember that. This is where our song called "Remember This." Remember this. That's right. Uh, <laughs> Brian Pillman comes out. He has to go back into the entrance to get Marlena. Brian Pillman is always leaving and coming back because before he had the dress on, uh, and. Uh, the man things. can't make a normal entrance. No, it's true. He struggles immensely for that. Uh, and so he gets Marlena, and she has been. Uh, she comes out. She's been gothed up. She's got a nose ring, a black dress. It's a very, very short dress. Dark eyeshadow. She looks eyeshadow. cool. Her hair she looks is like cool. slicked back. She looks cool, but she doesn't I, like it. But she. Looks I would call cool. her Priya Ripley. Because she's pre-Ripley. Yeah, gay. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. I didn't write that down while well. I was in the moment. That was off That's the That's good. Okay, yeah, yeah. Inspired. I like that. Uh, we are told that Commissioner Slaughter has barred Goldust from the building tonight, which pretty much, uh, which is pretty much what Brian Pillman demanded last week. So um, we'll see how that goes. The winner of this match faces Owen Hart on Raw next week at Madison Square Garden, which could be could be awkward for Brian Pillman, if a, a a you know good pal of Owen Hart. We have not had Brian Pillman interacting with the Hart Foundation very much recently. That's right. I presume they find this storyline a little bit tawdry, as it's been said before on the show. This. Storylines, tawdry. You got. She usually dresses gold, but now she's wearing black. That's you right. know what else is black? Go on, Brad. What else is black? The other color I wear besides pink. <laughs> Thank you, Brad. That was wonderful. Thank you, man. Uh, that was good. Um, Pillman at one point covers Dude Love, and uh, Marlena tries to sneak away, but Brian Pillman rolls out of the ring and sets her by the announce table, kind of set her in the right place. Pretty funny. She's just yes. like, mm, well, well, he's erstwhile occupied. Uh, get out here. Seems easy enough you could do that, I suppose. Um, dude loves smacks Pillman's head on the turnbuckles of the corner. It's in three in the top, three in the middle, three on the bottom. Very cartoonish. It's yeah. got a spot that Brian Pillman clearly enjoys doing because he does a lot of these cartoonish <laughs> spots. And I have fun with it. I yeah. enjoy it as well. Yeah. Um, Marlena likes it too. She's kind of smiling on the side. She's like, mm. yeah. Uh, dude loves sets up some sweet shin music in the corner. That is um, <laughs> kind of like Shawn Michaels and Lane said he kicked him in the shin and then do a double arm DDT. The uh, crowd likes it. Seems inoffensive and fine. Um, uh, it's, it's totally funny. It's it's Mick taking the piss out of himself too because he's like, I can't do that. Kick my leg that high. I can only get it like right. uh, almost knee height. I can bop him in the knee. That's right. Um, <laughs> but all of a sudden. Uh, if you look here, oh my gosh, Goldust is coming through the crowd. He's got no makeup at all. He looks suspiciously like the natural Dustin Rhodes from WCW, especially with this mm, getup on. I was like, huh, is this huh, like uh, looks, was he like, like associated it. with stunning Steve Austin at the time, or what? Um, they had some matches, that's for sure. Oh, okay. If you want to see Goldust versus Stone, Steve Austin earlier than that? You totally can. It's in there. Um, that leads to a disqualification, which gives Pillman a chance to advance to face his boy Owen Hart next week. Interesting. We Pillman runs and takes uh, Marlena with him, and supposedly he has a car waiting for him which is funny to have a car waiting when commissioner slaughter banned goldust from the building you would think that he would be like i don't have a car waiting i was promised something this should be fine right 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 he shouldn't be uh, yeah how would that. how would he get a car waiting? i want to have a car waiting for me i guess that's yeah. what happens whenever i get someone to pick me up and i just don't necessarily get the door right especially away. in the winter right time right you sit in that cold car and it, you mm. know you're trying to start the engine it squeals a little bit oh it's the worst absolutely Absolutely. That's right. Uh, Will, I want you to kind of t- give yourself an opportunity to reset mentally because it's time for the war zone. Oh, I'm not ready for this. I, I have, like, how long is this commercial break? Like, two minutes. I'm not ready for the war zone. I was watching I'm, Raw as War I didn't think just you're a second ago. This yeah. show's completely different, Matt. Couldn't be more different. It's, it's shocking how much it is not the same. Um, after some music and pyro, we got Jerry Lawler in the ring for an interview with Stone Cold Steve Austin, and the crowd goes truly nuts. For Stunning Steve. It's so funny, though, because he is like they're still going crazy from the pyro. And then the glass shatters and his music hits. And then people are only just kind of gradually. It's like a gradual pop. It's weird. It's kind of like. And then when he comes out, of course, people go pretty nuts. Look, the Ball State frat boys love this guy. The Ball Street frat boys. That should be another group that is uh, fighting with the Bariquas and uh, everybody else. The Ball State frat boys. You know, I said bop it earlier, and I thought it'd actually be a good idea for, like, uh, Five Moves of Doom. A wrestler can bop it, twist it, pull it, flick it, you know? <laughs> that seems like something that, that um, 
Was that Joey wrestler? The guy who got has since been banned from wrestling. Oh, Joey, uh, yeah. Joey Ryan. Yeah. yeah that seems like, Joey, sorry. I've seen him in action before. I'm mm-hmm. sure. Um, I'm unfortunately I am. I have, <laughs> I'm very comfortable just bringing up people who are disgraced from wrestling on shows. Sorry for making anybody uncomfortable bringing these people up. Because some of these people did some pretty terrible stuff. Yeah, they exist. You can talk about them. <laughs> That's Sorry, right. Like, Will's, not, Will's not gonna. Uh, Will's not gonna abide me feeling bad for a second, which is fair. I shouldn't yeah. feel bad. It's fine. They exist. No, they exist. people exist. Like you said, they're yeah. Just say they're bad. Well, it's fine. <laughs> Jerry Lawler talks about how much he loved Austin stunning Jr. and then Slaughter, and he really wants Austin to hit Vince with a stunner. He's very he eager for that. Uses a line that he's used earlier in the show, and mm-hmm. he's used before. He's saying, "Oh, when you hit Jr. over that stunner, I had to have the smile surgically removed from my face." He says it earlier in the show. He says it twice. It's funny, What's yeah, it's funny that he's just, but it's the first time in front of the crowd he said this. He's so eager, yeah, to get, the, to get that point across. It's a good line, I guess. Yeah. Um, Lawler prompts him to talk about Owen, but Stonewall Cold says, you know, I want to talk about JR first. And he looks over, he says, he looks pathetic, but he was just in the <laughs> wrong place at the wrong time. And if he stays in line, he won't get attacked again. He, he also says he won't listen to Slaughter, and if Vince was here, he would attack him. Yeah, why isn't Slaughter on the show? Again. Is he, ass- is he on assignment as well? So well, we have a commissioner... To fill in for the president who can't show up, and then the commissioner can't show up? He's got one the job. The owner of the company's not showing up? The job is to be in the city that Raw is in from the hours of you know 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. <laughs> we got to make Every day of the year. That's, what it is. That's the, the job. Presumably no, they pay you well um, for that. Sarge is trying to get a military discount at uh, Denny's, saying he was a nom and forging <laughs> his uh, documents. As, as you do. Like you do. That's as he the, did. Yes, he did. He definitely said I was involved in that. And he said, okay, look, maybe I wasn't, but I was a G.I. Joe. And they go, you know what? We'll take it. Good point. <laughs> we uh, we can't argue with that, sir. Thanks, Sarge. How do you feel about Iraq? That's right. Um, Austin says he could take out Owen Hart in a second, and he says the Hart Foundation has held to pay. And then, oh, look, here comes the Hart Foundation with Brett Owen and Bulldog. It's some random guy behind them. And Brett so- calls Austin a hoser. <laughs> and he says, "I've always wanted to say that, or something like." He's like, oh, "I've been meaning, to, I've been wanting to say that." I love this detail. I've, uh, for as much as "hoser" is a Canadian concept, as a, as a phrase, I've never heard anyone use it outside of "haha hoser." It's no, just not no, used. Simply no, done. No one's ever said it. It's it, even like Canadians don't say "a" all that much. No, you know, not and at when all. we do, we usually are like, "Hey, oh, oh got myself." Yeah, oh. I was listening. Uh, I was listening to an audiobook, and a guy was kind of like, "Ah, oh, I, uh, I was helping this woman uh, from Vancouver who got hurt, and it seemed like every other word was a." And I was like, "Cool, you made that story up. What are you talking about? That's not how people like, like people like she was from Canada, therefore she talked like someone from the middle of rural Ontario." It's like, what? What do you know? Like That's I've encountered, talk. I've encountered very Canadian sounding people in my life, and uh, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled every time. It's yes. a great, uh, it's a great honor. Uh, you know, um, but <laughs> One, some of the most Canadian people happen to be people we have podcasts about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, the A's, yeah, I don't, I don't hear it very often. I, I will say, yeah, will I'm, say. A, I'm, a, I'm a bit of an A truther. A truther. I'm an R truther, but that's just me. <laughs> oh man. Okay, quick. Let's move on with uh, what our next thing is here. Um, so yeah, the Heart Foundation sends a random dude to the ring. He's a lawyer. He's just a, a Fred Blassie saying about this can, guy. He's a pencil neck geek. Sorry, can I just say a, a missed opportunity here would be like, so I'm going to send down Derek Hart, one of the Hart brothers, down to the. I think they should just have random guys that they just are named Doug Hart, Steve Hart. Just let's do all that. Like just every single time a guy shows up, my good brother, this is Stu's third nephew, thrice removed. Here comes Cecil lives Hart. Lives in Moose Jaw. And he's a he passed the bar to get a Molson, and then he got his <laughs> passed the bar to get a Molson. I think you have to stand. You have to go. You have to go to the bar to get a Molson. You, you can't pass the bar. No off sales. Cold <laughs> beer stores down the road, but he wants a Molson now on Man, tap. Off sale. Yeah. That made me, that makes me feel. I'm, makes me miss Western Canada in a real way. Uh, and a half for a beer. The lawyer. Is here to uh, present Austin with a restraining order. If you come within 100 feet of Owen Hart, you go to prison. And the Hart Foundation leave because they're quite happy with themselves. They're quite content to see it. Missed opportunity to not stun this lawyer. I thought for sure this guy was stunner fodder. It is funny to have a wrestling law- a lawyer show up. And it's not one of those guys that three years later, like, that was Ellie Knight. What is this? This is. It was Champa, yeah. right? Uh, Tommaso Champa. When he's like, Tommaso Champa, when he's like 21, like he's like so young. 
he had sick hair and a cool suit, and he's like getting beat up by the Undertaker. You imagine the Undertaker beating up somebody nowadays? Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're happy. I hope you're really happy doing this. Oh, man, I have a great time. I like you saying the Tosser Champ's hair at the point was sick. It's like slick back. He looks very much like. Uh, <laughs> he looks a detail. Gosh, he's a young, <laughs> he young little awesome. nerd. I love it. I love it. Considering how much better Champa looks with the bald hair and the enormous beard. Well, ba- yeah, basically the hair went from his head and rotated down to his chin. That's, That's right. Yeah. Exactly. You did the full, was it Wooly Willy? That little, like, uh, the thing with the... <laughs> <laughs> you, you moved the little magnet furry hair in the little thing with the little... Anyway, you know what I'm talking about, Wooly Willy. Wooly Willy. We love to see it. Um... <laughs> Children's toy. Oh, so, it is Wooly Willy. Yeah, from... you see it. What is this? So Steve Austin, okay. 55. Sorry. I love it. Steve Austin looks at this document, and Jerry Lawler... Who has never been accused of being the brightest bulb in the drawer, the sharpest tool in the shed? He's trying to look over Austin's shoulder, and he's trying to read out loud. He's like, "That's a restraining order from Owen Hart to you." That would be like if I was like, "Hey, um, The Rock, I'm just gonna reach um around your arm and then behind your head to grab something here." Rock, I'm gonna lay down on the floor. Can you take off your elbow pad and run over me a couple times? I just need to, I just need to, to test something out here. Undertaker, I'm trying to see if my esophagus is swollen. Do you just come over here with maybe your right hand? And if you could check my lower back at the same time, it would be good. And I'd help if I would be elevated and then quickly uh, released to the ground. Stu Hart, can you stretch me out? I'm feeling a little stiff. <laughs> I mean, that's just as explicit as it gets. Um, so, yes, as Jerry Lawler is looking over Austin's shoulder, Austin just reaches back, grabs his head, and sits down, hitting a stunner on Jerry Lawler. And More of a cutter, but I guess Austin doesn't flat back and he lands on his stack of dimes. He calls a, a, a spine. Uh, but it is hilarious. I'm just like, like as soon as King was interviewing Austin, I'm like, well, I know who Steve Austin's going to stun. Uh, yeah, you got to tell it. Because Jay- Jerry sits at the announce table. Like when he's interviewing, uh, I think he's done this for years. He's always wearing his wrestling gear. He's not yes. wearing pants. He's always wearing uh, like his tights, probably his like one strapper that he's got. Mm-hmm. And wrestling boots and knee pads. Like, he's he's fully committed to wrestling every night. I'm sure he's sitting at that desk just in his gear, uh, ready to go. Maybe just it's for it, I don't man. know. Uh, but, yeah, he's, like, the one guy they can get from the announce team who's like, yeah, he's a wrestler. He can take a bump. There you go. Yep. But, yeah, he's uh, very much put me in coach. Um, Jerry Lawler is uh, – sorry, Jim Ross, rather, is all too happy to declare that Lawler got attacked. He yells, the king is down. He's got to have um, a surg- uh, smile surgically removed. <laughs> well, I would love if you said that, too. <laughs> smile surgically removed. Um, the best part of this moment by... the smiles and surgery when it comes to JR. Uh, oh, gosh. They were talking about... Uh, uh, Shawn Michaels also had an issue with the, both a smile and some surgery. <laughs> Losing <laughs> one, here. having to do That's some right. other. Um, the best part of this, though, is that Austin <laughs> sees Jerry Lawler's crown on the floor, on the mat, rather, and he just punts it. Onto the ramp where it appears to at least partially break. A lot of crowns getting destroyed in uh, Monday Night Raw these days. That's uh, right. You know, Hunter Hearst Helmsley's crown famously destroyed. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, Steve Austin leaves. Still looking over the documents. He seems kind of unbothered by attacking Lawler. Um, and even the refs, refs who come down don't seem that bothered by it. Although, I mean, yeah, it's a wrestler <laughs> getting hit by the move. So it shouldn't be that bad. It's not that crazy. Um, we come back for a break, and we've got Jim Cornette at the table with Jr. I don't know whatever happened to that guy. Is Jim Cornette still involved in wrestling? Does he still share? Does he still talk? Or what's, what's he doing? Oh, he's, does he talk? Yes, he, yes, does. he does. Okay, interesting. Yeah, surely he just gives gentle insights into things. Surely he um, jest. Uh, in the back, Jerry Luller has a neck brace on, and he's receiving medical attention. I love a heel in a neck brace. There's something deeply satisfying about it he's as like just this wiener move. I love it. Standing up on a spine board. Um, but Jerry, Jerry's always been good at like you know being a dick and then getting his comeuppance over Absolutely. and over again, constantly, <laughs> and being like a kind of a, a chicken shit heel. It's like he's a real heel or something, right? It's like it, man. It's crazy. Yep, absolutely. Time for the Patriot versus Owen Hart, and uh, Owen Hart and the Patriot both bring their flags down to the ring. They have a brief flag off when Owen gets to the ring. They and did that. Port- their Friday night's main event match. Exactly. We yeah, we see this. We actually see this quite a bit. Um, poor uh, JR sounds like he's losing his voice at this point, which is a little bit he too is. bad. Yeah, it's a good thing Corny's there to help him out. That's right. Um, the fans chant, Owen sucks, as JR parrots Vince's favorite recent phrase, saying this is the purest form of freedom of expression. <laughs> yeah. Which which is I kind of really the same. <laughs> it's the same sign that Vince is not on assignment as the fact that JR is quoting him directly or something like that. <laughs> right. 
Oh my gosh. He's definitely not in Gorilla with the headset on telling JR what to say. Say exactly this. So we start off with some nice ch- chain wrestling, tactical, tactical chain wrestling here. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, you know what? Owen Hart might be a better opponent for the Patriot rather than Brett because, I don't know, Patriot can do more with a lighter opponent maybe. Yeah, maybe that's, Owen that's kind of probably true. They try to make it sound like the Patriots like doing it, being able to flip more than uh, uh, Owen even can. It's like the lighter Owen Hart. Oh, they have Patriots like oh, I'm wrestling them. Oh, look at this. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, there's uh, we have Steve Austin appearing at the top of the ramp with several police officers and security behind him. They call him they call him security. They are dressed like cops. They look like cops to me. Rena cops, Rena cops even. Yeah, exactly. From Rena. Uh, we come back from break, and security guards are still there, but Austin is not. Seems like a bad sign. Conspicuous by his absence. Uh, Owen they gets should a be, sp- like, looking. They should be pulling at the curtain and be like, what? <laughs> Cut one of them goes under the ring. They're kind of, like, listening. Like, well, we'll see him under there. It's question a fan. out the other side. Question a fan. And bring him it's out in a chair. It's Steve in a wig. Yeah, I have no idea where he went. <laughs> okay, thanks, ma'am. You're welcome. <laughs> uh... Oh, oh, yeah, Owen gets a spinning heel kick for two. Uh, Patriot gets rolling. He, he drives Owen into the turnbuckle. He hits a back suplex. Then he hits the Patriot missile shoulder block for the top for two. And then suddenly, Steve Austin jumps the rail. He was in the crowd. He gets on the apron. He rips up their straining order, which distracts Owen so badly that he gets rolled up and pinned for the one, two, three. Oh, man. Yes. <laughs> Owen gets on the mic and demands the police officers arrest Austin. And the cops slowly the pro- immediately, like so quickly. It feels like he had it in his tights. Exactly. Pulls it out like brass knuckles or something. Right. Uh, uh, he demands the police officers arrest Austin. The cops are slowly approached, but Austin just laughs, slowly hops the rails and leaves. He seems to just get away with it. And uh, we take a break. Keep getting away with it. <laughs> That's right. And the cops are wandering around backstage looking for Austin. Uh, to no avail. <laughs> Useless. My gosh. Um, so. Here comes Shawn Michaels down to the ring. He's only got bike shorts on. Will, I got to ask. Sunglasses. Do you know? He's also wearing sunglasses. Did you know that? Do you know this is a a fairly uh, infamous interview? No, I don't. Yeah, you wouldn't necessarily think about it because it has been edited a lot. I noticed there was like an edit point. He seems to be on something here. But like, again, like with Sonny... Like she's, you know, she she's still well spoken, but he just seems like too loose. Uh, oh yeah, for to me, sure. You know, I'm not. I don't want to accuse, but accuse, so, brother. Let me tell you what happened. Let me t- let me tell you, like recap what happens, and let me tell you why uh, it's why it's significant here. So, Shawn Michaels is there. He's only wearing uh, some little shorts uh, and some sunglasses. And Jr. is here for an interview. And he asks Shawn Michaels why he and Triple H attacked Bulldog last week on Raw. Shawn says he wants to be the only person, the first person, rather, to hold all four titles in the WWF. So that's why he wants the European title. And Shawn says that, um, it's you know, it's going to be expected he's in uh, Hell in a Cell. That's fine. That's, you know, he's got to take Taker down. And the Undertaker pops up on the screen from behind, you know, Steel Cage. He says well, Hell in a Cell. Behind a chain link fence, which is chain definitely just the chain link fence that's in the Raw set. Thank you. Yes, that's right. He I gets Sean's attention that. by saying, boy, hello. No, he says, hello, boy. <laughs> I love that. He's doing uh, Homer Simpson Kratos. season one stuff. Uh, where are you, boy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he says that Shawn Michaels is going to find his final hustling place inside Hell in a Cell. Uh, Sean gets on the mic. He says he's going to make Taker bleed again. Uh, Jim Cornette says the winner of that match will be hurt. And that's about it. It seems kind of innocuous, I would say. It's not a lot to it. Yeah. But let me read to you, Will. This is, a, this is a contemporaneous report from the Wrestling Observer. Is it contemporaneous or ex, extemporaneous? Nope. Never mind. It's not. It's not extemporaneous. It's not off the dome. Someone took the <laughs> Mr. Meltzer took his time to write this down. Mr. Oh yeah, thank God for Mr. Meltzer. Shawn Michaels made news this week by going out on Raw in tight biker shorts with a stuff a sock stuffed in his crotch to make it look bigger. <laughs> Come on. Then he no, made he, a bunch. Of, he made a bunch of lewd gestures, swearing during his interview, and more. Much of it was edited out before it aired, and if you didn't know better, you wouldn't realize it had been edited. Uh, the word is that Vince McMahon actually wasn't there, and when the cat's oh. away, the mice will play. Uh, during the <laughs> promo, Sean talked tons of trash of Taker, calling him chicken shit and other things that were edited out. Undertaker wasn't in the arena either. Uh, <laughs> everyone was talking about how unprofessional it was, and Dave Meltzer openly speculated that Sean was trying to get fired so he can go to World Championship Wrestling. 
Uh, Something I remember hearing, too, is that Sean talked about the trash of Taker, knowing that Taker wasn't there, and it was a pre-recorded interview. And so he's saying stuff to kind of be like, it's Taker, you know, come out and you know, beat me up. You're not going to do it. You're too chicken. You're going to stay there. Okay, yeah. So he looks really <laughs> terrible from the fans, right? So another questionable Shawn Michaels moment. This is one that um, he got in trouble for. This is no, one people, this people did is... not step. People did not go down for him. It's and, – and, man – Boy, did he get in trouble. Let's see how much he got punished here. Uh, well, it is funny to be like, oh, he's gonna, he wants to get fired and go to World Championship Wrestling. I'm like, why? He doesn't, he doesn't need to do that now. He can get away with everything. So he wins the European title in a week, and then uh, about six weeks later, he wins the uh, World Wrestling Federation Championship from a guy actually going to WCW to stop him from bringing the belt to that promotion. Yeah, exactly. That's how I, is how I see it. Yeah, my gosh. And Shaw got so punished so badly, they gave him the main event of WrestleMania the next year and let him retire. They let, yeah, they let him retire. Sure. Well, they, yeah, they definitely gave him they gave him a thousand chances. Um, and now he went so now, many chances. Now he might win Booker of the Year of this will. We don't know. Booker of the Year is definitely up for grabs. Definitely, you know, he's definitely up there. Yeah. I don't know. If, I think it's got to be Tony Khan, though. Come on. Pro Wrestling Illustrated loves that guy. I know. And I got to say, such restraint on the guy. Classy, above it all, above the fray. Shawn Michaels' Twitter is just like, check out NXT tonight. That's yeah. <laughs> like Shawn Michaels' like, Twitter. In action Instagram tonight. Ilya like, Dragunov, <laughs> Carmelo Hayes. Yeah. Come Stephanie see uh, Roxanne Perez. It's going to be great. <laughs> like, who's excited? Great. Who's all excited? Right. I am. I'm just What's sitting that? in the office occasionally getting involved with Grayson Waller. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And who and who among us has not been involved with Grayson Waller in Florida at some point? I've listen. I'm dying to be involved with Grayson Waller. He's, he's he's hobnobbing with some real uh, real stars. That's right. Well, it's time for our main event. It's Bret Hart and the British Bulldog going up against the Headbangers for the WWF Tag Team Championship. Yes, the Headbangers finally get their Monday Night Raw main event that we've been begging for. That's right. Um, the Headbangers are announced as the new Tag Team Champions. I don't know. I find that kind of lame. It reminds me of when. Uh, Chris Benoit would be announced as the new world champion after WrestleMania 20, and he would come out and hold the belt up on the ramp, like, look what they got, I got the belt. And I'm like, dude, for a guy who was all about like acting like you've been there and being cool about stuff, to be like, look, I'm the champion, is like so dorky. And it would be the thing we regret most about you. Hey, if you didn't kill yes. your wife and kids, then yourself. So uh, Okay. Uh, but that's definitely an edict from McMahon as well. It was like, you got to come out and be the new champion. Hold up the belt, not everyone. Oh, for sure. Shit. They well, he's really... not there, apparently. So I forgot that Meltzer says he wasn't there, and I don't know. I could choose to believe that. Yeah, well, uh, they really uh, try to shine up the headbangers here. They call them the new champions, and then, like, they go to the corners and, like, pose. And it's just like, look, the conquering heroes, the headbangers are here. Mosh and Thrasher. And even with the piped-in, I didn't comment on this before, but there were some piped-in crowd noises. Like, there's a din piped in over this uh, taped uh, Raw. was similar to what they did, like, the South African episode, you know? It's not quite the SmackDown pop, the, yes. but it's like kind of a, 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 you know, a din. That's the best way I can describe it. Um, even with the piped in like reactions, the headbangers is still kind of like get a mid, as the kids would say, reaction. <laughs> the reaction reaction was mid, unfortunately. Yeah, it's not based. It's On not God, based. it was not based. No <laughs> Dead ass, not the case. Dead ass, not the case. Um, I know I'm a fan of Bret Hart and a British Bulldog. I genuinely think that either Bret Hart or Bulldog could beat these guys in a handicap match. So I didn't have high hopes of this match. It's just one of those things where I just I look at them and I go like, okay, well, if these are tagging back and forth, I could see them winning with ease. The booking of this match makes no sense. It was perplexing and infuriating the whole time. It's like, this isn't how you book this match. Like, it's I know they're your new tag team champions, but it's still the WWF champion and the WF European champion, and their stinky, horrible heels, these matches get booked where you just beat on a guy, and then you get the headbanger hot tag. And that's not how this match is booked. Not at all. At least not for the first half. No, it's pretty good. It's ridiculous. The headbangers have the... Sorry. They have the exam... Examage. What? Rask advantage? They have the advantage almost all the match it's insane yes they are holding their own very well um i the commentators credit the headbangers having this newfound confidence confidence because as if the headbangers were like these guys who all they want to do is like pick were, boogers and talk about like what they, they were shrinking beer. they were shrinking violets earlier yeah they really yeah. were they're kind of like if you don't mind i want to bang my head just a little bit is that okay hey watch this match maybe you want to bang my head against something really hard 
Hey, mental health will drive you mad. Thrasher is wearing a Green Day t-shirt, the famous headbanging Green Day uh, band that everyone bangs their head to. That's right. <laughs> it's like they're, they're just so unclear about whether they're uh, a punk or metal uh, guys. Yes, or metal, they metal are youth culture. T-shirts. They are <laughs> young. Uh, it's true. Uh, cool. So uh, Bulldog drops a headbanger with a delayed vertical suplex then tags in Bret Hart. Um, Brett hits a backbreaker. He goes for second row bubble, but misses. And Brett strangely didn't do his variation of the um, of the move where he uh, the back. Yeah, he just landed on his front. I was like, "What is going no, on here?" People this are catching right. wise. That's right. Uh, yes, I, yes. And so it's just even then, even when they're like going well, the headbangers are still getting so much advantage. It's just so annoying the whole match. Um, there's a collision with the referee. The headbangers get switched. And Bulldog gets a power slam, and he gets the one, two, three for the win and the tag titles. I mean, yep. <laughs> and so, of course, we immediately have the ref realize what happens and restart the match, which is <laughs> I don't like, the point of that. You can't do that because you can't. You, we can't have people restarting matches because of uh, because of missing the illegal tag because that is constantly happening. Constantly and that's your happening. fault. Yes, you idiot, ref. Is it Earl? Oh, it might be Earl. Let's say there's no consequences. Like, imagine if I just go back and you know fix enormous mistakes like that. Like, come on. Truth, no consequences, New Mexico is what this is. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> Bulldog goes outside the ring, and he steals an American flag from a fan, snatching it away, and he attacks now, a headbanger fan, with it. The fan he stole it from is wearing, like, a Pepsi T-shirt, and yep. I'm pretty sure I had that. I don't know if he got that with Pepsi points or whatever, but like the shirt looked familiar. But I didn't know if this was like a plant to the crowd or is this the guy he stole a flag from? It could be. I I I think he stole it. Honestly, I just think he stole it. it was unclear. It's unclear. What would he have? So if there was not an American flag there, what would Bulldog have hit them with? Chair, I guess. Uh, yeah, great question. I didn't even think about that part of it. Where it's like I don't know. You, you go find a flag somewhere. Go find a flag. I don't know. I'd be sure. Ninetieth row. Go find a flag. Hey, give me a flag. It's flag o'clock somewhere. Uh, yeah, Brett rubs with the flag as well. Uh, and down runs Vader and the Patriot, who attack Brett and Bolt Log. And Vader goes for Vader Bomb. Brett goes out, gets out of the way. And we go off the air. Like, immediately. That's it. And then um, we're off the air. We'll see you next week for Madison Square Garden. Yeah, exactly. And for the pay-per-view in the United Kingdom. Will, an ignominious end to Roth ever was one, especially with that match. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the show and your rating, if you please, use a three-tier rating system here. It was a good show. You say it's TIBT, sorry, TBT, ITBT, WTBT, EWB. It's the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. If it was a show you thought was not great, but not awful, you would say it's in the Nine Heart Zone. If you think it's bad, it's in the Dungeon Will. Your thoughts on the show and your rating, if you please. You know, Matt, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a Matt Vaughn on this one. I'm gonna give this a light TBT, ITBT, WTBT, WB, just because it was like a f- mm. pretty fun show, momentum going, nice wrestly first half of the show. Um, the main event wasn't uh, great. It was an ignominious end. Uh, I, I, the Sean stuff. He's a he's a train wreck. I, you know, you don't want to stare, but you can't look away. Like I just find him so engaging, even though he's he's being very naughty, he's being a very bad boy. He's a sexy boy, and he's a naughty boy as well. Um, and uh, you know, developments in some storylines, some match uh, uh, booking decisions, like putting some minis on there, is uh, perplexing. Uh, but uh, overall, I actually enjoyed it. There you go, Will. Thank you for that. Light CBT, ITBT, WTBT, WB. I disagree, hmm. um, and that's okay. That's legally allowed. Owen versus Patriot was good. I like seeing Bret Hart wrestle people, but I did not like the way that match went at all. I didn't find there was much worthwhile here. The middle, there's a big middle section which featured the minis that felt like just so much filler. And for that, I declare that's in the dungeon for me. But you know what? The oh, fact yeah, of the matter okay. is. The fact of the matter is, we have to. It, this is something I, 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 I've been wrestling with a little bit. Wrestling with ah, wrestling oh, show. Wrestling, wrestling with shadow. With okay, okay, we have that now. Good. Do my gold blue. Okay, <laughs> very good. Uh, oh, mm. uh, <laughs> sometimes I watch these shows. And sometimes I rate them higher than people who are not watching week to week, which is allowed, legally allowed. And so sometimes what happens is the shows get on a roll where I'm liking things that are happening, but the wrestling itself isn't great. And so I watch it and I'm kind of like, ah, oh, I like the show. And people are like, what do you mean? How do you like it? The wrestling's not that good. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. I'm sports entertained, and I really can't argue much beyond that. Uh, so, Will, I'm glad that you were sports entertained by this uh, production. I of was. Raw. I was indeed sports entertained. That's right. That's right. Folks, I hope you were also sports entertained. If you were, you could tell our good friends at Apple Podcasts that you liked us. You could rate us there. That's how people find the podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter, Smack Attic Pod. 
That's where you're going to find out more information about the show, more wrestling, and everything like that. Uh, Will, thank you for joining me for uh, our, our show on Raw is Worse. Dara 15, oh, Muncie, Indiana, yeah. Ball State. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I just, I now, okay, that assignment I, I talked about, uh, yes. I actually have to do that now. So Good. I guess this kind of worked out well, but I got it. What? Yeah, yeah, I'll be there. Uh, sorry, it's my, uh, I have a car waiting uh, to take me to the airport, and then I'm going to be on assignment. Can't tell you where. Right. But uh, let's just say I won't be there for one night only. Well, that's great. If you come back on the podcast next week, which you won't, but I am, and it will be WWF one night only, uh, which is coming up, which is very exciting for that. And uh, that's going to match. My This is my tease for that match, is that it might be Bret Hart's final great match in the World Wrestling Federation. So, folks, if you want to you know, jump on to at least see that match and part of one night only, you can check it out. Otherwise, that show is three hours long, and your life is short, so do what you want to. <laughs> it's just you didn't crazy. decide to do a Bret Hart podcast. I did. You just listened to it when you're it entitled to take as much further as you can. Yeah, absolutely. We learn a lot more about Bulldog's family. Yeah, that's right. So, folks, um, I'm seeing people are banging down my door, and it is the Ball Street frat boys. So, I oh! uh, specifically the ones from 1997. I don't know how it happened, but I'm getting ready to party, and we're going to talk about this great new guy, Steve Austin, and how great he is. I look forward to talking about it. Look forward to talking to you guys next week. Ball State. Ball State. Ball State. Is that their chant? Should be. Muncie's burial. <laughs> Shh.